The water surged over the sinking bow of the great ship, sending sheets of icy brine over the forecastle. Morgan leaned over the railing. He had forced Margaret into her life jacket and into a lifeboat, and that gave him some comfort. The boats below were being rowed away, and already he could see that the oarsmen were keeping their distance from the swimmers in the water. The shouts and screams of the men went unanswered. He climbed over the rail and watched the approaching flood. The sea was dark and still, and in the distance he could see only a few stars as they winked at him over the dim ice field. He stepped off, his arms spinning in wide circles. As he plunged into the bottomless pool, the frigid seawater whirled around him. His drop from the deck carried him under for what seemed like an eternity. He thrashed his arms in the inky blackness and blinked back the salty water, choking on the sudden stinging sensation in his lungs. He kicked furiously, fighting the feeling of bursting lungs. He reached up with his arms and strained to find the surface. Bursting to the surface of the bone-chilling sea, he gasped, first waggling his arms at the night sky and then kicking to put as much distance as he could between him and the sinking vessel. He knew that the suction of the great ship might well carry him back under when it went down for the final time. He was determined not to let that happen, at least not while he had breath left in his body. The shock of the cold made Morgan feel like a thousand knives were being jabbed into his body. In a way, it was a good feeling. He was alive. When the pain stopped, he'd be in the process of dying. He stroked in the direction of the distant lifeboats. He couldn't understand why they were rowing away. All around, he watched as men struggled against what would be an all-too-quick death, with arms flailing and cries cut short by the sudden shock of the cold. The Titanic rose in the water, its stern lifting. It began a slow spin, like an enormous ballerina poised on the stage before taking a final bow. A massive black hulk of dead and dying steel, it hung suspended in history. The sound of creaking thunder came from the bowels of the upright ship. Enormous engines and boilers tore loose from their anchors in the belly of the ship and cascaded in an avalanche of iron and steel. Lights blinked in the starry sky, winking at the darkness in a last gasp of life. The band on deck had been playing Nearer My God to Thee, a plaintive but prophetic cry. The almighty creator of this great ocean seemed to be standing silently by, waiting for hundreds, perhaps thousands, of arrivals at his heavenly doorstep. Morgan's faith had been strong in college, but never before tested. He gasped a prayer and stroked one frigid push after another against the coal-black sea. Morgan watched as men, women, and children dropped helplessly into the heaving sea, their screams floating out over the dark water, their dying cries the evidence that they had lived. The shouts and screams were a symphony of death that seemingly fell on deaf ears of the people in the faraway lifeboats. Escaping gas and steam surged up from below, giving the impression of a pot of bubbling stew. Breaking steel and belching air drowned out the piteous cries of the last-minute leapers. The great ship seemed to break in two as it hung upright in the air. 
Morgan watched the heavy stern drop as the bow slid into the icy Atlantic like a knife through a plum pudding. Kicking with the mound of suddenly displaced water, Morgan spotted the Irish mother he had seen cowering on the deck with her baby only moments before. She had been a steerage passenger and had on her life jacket. They would no doubt recover her body. The young woman had red hair with rivulets of wet curls falling down the sides of her face and polka dot freckles pasted to her chalky face. She clutched her whimpering baby in her arms. Her eyes were closed as he swam by her, and only the baby looked in his direction. The sight of the woman brought back the picture of what must have been his mother's lot. It seemed that his fate was to be just like that of the parents he'd never known. They'd both drowned in a boating accident off Newport, Rhode Island, 22 years ago. The only face he could remember from his childhood.